Today we're kicking off a new series. We're just in this one for two weeks. And so uh, this Sunday and next Sunday we're going to talk about life to the full and how God wants us to live this full life. But in setting this up, let me just pose a question this morning. And uh, just full participation. It's no fun if you don't participate. So uh, how many of you have found that you have been in a place of disappointment before? Okay. I think that's about everybody. If there's somebody that did not raise their hand, you might want to take their pulse because I'm not sure if they're still alive. Uh, Because if you've lived very long at all, uh, chances are good that you have come across disappointment. And we've all faced it, really. Uh, We've all had this happen in our lives. It could be a person in our lives disappoints us. You know, you felt that. I mean, that just, ugh, when somebody disappoints you. Or it could be a job that disappoints you. You thought, man, this job, this career is going to be awesome. And it turned out it wasn't so great after all. Or maybe you make this big purchase and you think, oh, this is going to be so awesome. I can't wait to get it home. And then after you get it home and, you know, you're like, eh, it wasn't that great after all. Kind of disappointed with, with how this has turned out. You know, we've all been disappointed. It doesn't make a difference whether you're a Christian or you don't claim to be a Christian. We've all had to deal with disappointment in our lives. It, it's kind of a, of a human unifying factor that we all will deal with disappointment. I, I know there's a lyric to a song that I think it came out of the 70s where it said, disappointment was my closest friend. Have you ever felt that way? You know, where it just seems like disappointment's my closest friend uh, because it just seems like I deal with disappointment after another. And so there's really a tie-in with disappointment, think about this, and unmet expectations. You know, we have our expectations, we set ourselves up and we think, oh, this is going to be so awesome, and then it's not. And that causes that feeling, that, that emotion of disappointment. And, you know, for some it could be with marriage. Maybe in marriage you thought, oh, man, marriage, you know. As a guy, maybe you thought marriage is going to be so awesome, you know. She's going to wear this lacy thing to bed every night, and it's just going to be so awesome. And that was the week of the honeymoon, right? And then this big flannel something came out, you know. And you're like, what is that, you know? And, uh, you know, you were disappointed uh, maybe because of it, or, or perhaps... Uh, you took a job, and, and that job, you know, when you interviewed, they said, oh, we really love promoting from within. You know, we love growing our people here and, and promoting from within. And you thought, oh, man, this is going to be awesome because I can work my way up in the company. And, you know, I'll always be climbing and going and growing, and, and this will be awesome. And then you took the job and got there, and you found out that well, they're hiring from without, And the job that I wanted, they got some guy from somewhere else. And what happened to this growing from within thing? You know, you you guys told me that, you know, there was room for promotion and on. And and so lack of promises being kept 
kind of led you to false expectations or, or unmet expectations rather that happened in your life and so you get disappointed. Or, or perhaps you got accepted into your dream college and you thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be so awesome. Every professor at the school is awesome. That's what I've heard. And, and so it's just going to be great and I'm going to love every class and, and you know, every professor is going to be so awesome. They're going to be into me and all and, and you know, wanting to teach the best of their ability and everything. You got to the campus and got there at school and you thought, I think this professor doesn't even want to be here. You know, I think they hate their job and I think... Probably they hate me too. And so as a result, you thought, oh man, my dream college, my dream experience is kind of turning into a nightmare. And, and yet, it can go deeper than that, right? Because there are some disappointments that are just kind of hard to get over, right? There, there's some disappointments that really cause a lot of pain and hurt and yeah, you know, just think about that. Where, where it goes beyond where I thought this class would be good and it turned out it wasn't so good. It goes beyond that to where I thought this marriage would be good. I thought it would last. And I kept my part, but they didn't keep their part. And that hurts, doesn't it? Or perhaps you, you commit yourself to this job and you give your heart and soul to it, your blood, sweat, and tears, and, and you think, you know, man, I'll work here forever, and then all of a sudden there's layoffs, and you're laid off, and the next thing you know, you're even filing for bankruptcy because of unmet expectations, and that hurts, doesn't it? I mean, there, there's some deep pain that can come from that. And ultimately, over time, if you get hurt here and hurt here and hurt there, all of a sudden some walls can go up, right? And you're like, I don't want to hurt like that anymore. I don't want anybody being able to hurt me like that. And, and then eventually what you do is, is you think, well, you know, I got disappointed with that. I got disappointed with that. I got disappointed with that. My life's just a disappointment. And, and you just begin to view life like, well, you know what? I, I'm not where I'm, I wanted to be. I mean, I had this dream when I was on the playground when I was a kid and where I'd be at this point in my life. And I'm not there. And it doesn't even look like it's possible to even get there or anywhere close to there, wherever there is. And, and so what you do is you just decide, well, I guess if I'm going to make it through life, I'll just have to suck it up. I'm just going to have to suck it up. I'm just going to have to put up some walls. And I'm just going to have to get through life like this. And let me tell you something. God has something better for you than that. Than to just have to suck it up and get through Life. That is not what God intended. So today, what I hope to do, and I hope this maybe happens for some people here this morning, is just like you can have a device. And did you know it's possible to have a device of some kind, some electronic device, and screw it up so bad that the, the manufacturer says that there's a reset button. And if you get it so screwed up, so messed up, so jacked up, so bad, the good news is there's a reset button. 
And if you hit the reset button and say, yes, I do know what I'm talking about. I do want to reset this. Then it will go back to the factory settings. Did you know that? Did you know that your manufacturer had intended for you to live life to the full. And if somehow, some way, by mistakes that you've made, choices and decisions that you've done, or maybe you didn't ask for it. Maybe it was somebody else's decisions. Because how many know if you get close to stupid, somebody else's stupid can get off on you, right? You know, if you get close enough, their stupid can spill over and splash on you, Right? And so maybe that happened to you and you, your life isn't where you wanted it to be and you've been disappointed and disenchanted and whatever and all those things. I've got good news for you. Your manufacturer has put inside of you a reset button and you can go back to the intended desire that the designer had over your life from the very beginning and you can go back to that today. And I know that's good news. Because you may have stopped dreaming, you may have stopped, uh, you know, thinking about the future and whatever, and you're just trying to get through. But I'm telling you today, God has something better in mind. And this is for somebody here today, and I don't know who it is, it just might be you. So just turn to the person next to you and say, it might be me, all right? Just turn to them, just say, this might be me, this might be me. Because here, here's what else I want to say. Here's what else I want to say. Jesus, and this is so good news. Jesus did not come here and die for just a few. The Bible says he died once and for all. I am so glad that it says all because that means Craig, right? That means you. That means all of us. All is all. All of us. Y'all, all right, if you're from the south. And, and so all of us are included in that, that all have, have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, but he came to give all of us forgiveness, all of us fullness of life. And, and so as a result, that all might come to repentance. And so whether or not you've had stuff that's happened to you or maybe somebody spoke over you and said you'll never be good enough and, and you'll never amount to anything or whatever it is and whatever the case is today from your past, you can be free of your past. You can be free of it. You can break the chains of the past and break those off of your life and do what we believe around here that you can live life to the full. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So God intended for every one of us. So living full life in Christ is not being bound by the past. It is not being incarcerated by the pain of past decisions or other people's things that they put off on you. Paul came along one day and he said, listen, I had a lot of stuff in my past, but here's where I am today. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not just an improved Paul. I'm not just, they got the kink out and the ding out of the fender of my life or whatever. I got a repainted panel on, on the, the panel of my life. It's not that. I'm a new creation. It's like I was a caterpillar, but now 
now I'm a butterfly. I've been changed, transformed from the inside out. The old has passed away. And behold, Paul said, the new has come. How many are glad for the new in your life? But here's the deal. Many of us don't live like that. We don't live like a new creation. And so today I want to help us to see ourselves the way God sees us. And so to do that, we're going to look at a guy that the story of this man is found in the Bible. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, that's totally cool because the book we're going to look at today, it's called a book. It's it's a collection of, of ancient writings of the history of the new church. After Jesus, this is right after the resurrection, Right after Jesus gives final words to his disciples and says, hey, I'm out of here. You guys are taking over. But here's what you better do. You better get some power. And so in Acts chapter 1, he says, you're going to receive some power from the Holy Spirit. and You'll be witnesses to the whole world. I know you've been hiding and afraid of dying or whatever, but in a few days... You're going to be empowered. And so in Acts chapter 2, they all, the Bible says they were all filled. Everybody say all. So they were all filled. And so what happened is, is it was like there was one Jesus. Now how many, one Jesus will do for you, right? (laughs) I'll take the Jesus in my house, my marriage, my finances and whatever, you know. And and I need Jesus in my life. But but here's what it was like, because Jesus says it's going to be better. When I leave, because it's going to be like there's a whole bunch of Jesuses around, you know? It's going to be like all of you are full of the Holy Spirit, and you're all going to go out there and, and do these things. And so sure enough, it starts happening right here in chapter 3. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and look at Acts chapter 3. If you don't, that's cool. We're going to have it up on the screen. Let's look at it now. It says, one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Now, let me just stop right there. You should have a time of prayer, all right? If you're a Christ follower, if you are a follower of Jesus, you ought to check in with Jesus, right? Each day, you, you ought to have a time of prayer. And I don't know what that time is, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or whatever. But you, you ought to have time. And I know we can pray in our car and different things like that. But you also ought to have times where you just really take time. Because isn't that the way it is? We really take time, right? We make time for what's important. You know, it, it's like, you know, hey, uh, Craig, what are, you, what are you doing on Monday night? You know, and I said, oh, you know, I might have something, you know. And then the person says, well, I got two tickets for the Colts game at the 50-yard line, fifth row. Uh, just wondered if you had anything to do. Oh, yeah, I'm free, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I got that night open. You know, it's amazing how we're able to free up our schedule. You with me? Right? So, so we need to make time for prayer and, and so it's so a time of prayers, three in the afternoon, they're on their way to church, and now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. 
And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. And then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. How many of you think you might get a little beside yourself if something like that happened to you, right? Right? So... Here's, here's what we're going to do today. Just write down a few things that I, I think will help you to raise your expectations. If you came in here today and maybe you're downcast and maybe you're disappointed in life and you're like, disappointment is my closest friend and you know, you're thinking that way, I want you to shift your perspective this morning. Because this man shifts his perspective and everything changes because these two guys who were real close followers of Jesus came by his way. The first thing you need to do, you can write this down, is see the potential of one day. See the potential of one day. Because the Bible says one day he was there. One day he was there and Peter and John came by. Now, for this man, he thought, this is just another day. Because the Bible says they laid him there every day. So it's just going to be another day. You know, and how many of us, we just think, well, this is just another Sunday. You know, it's just a Sunday where I can go and feel good about myself. Matter of fact, you know, some of us could even get guilty of saying, you know, I need to go to church and, and, uh, and I hope, you know, I, I, I'm even going to fill out one of those crossroads cards, you know, and, and fill that out and turn it in. And God, I hope you notice that because I, I could have gone a lot of places today, but hey, I went to Crossroads Church. That's a good church, you know, and, I, and here's my card. And, I, and, and, you know, and so just watch that. And so God, now let's have a good week this week week God has so much more than that for you all right it is more than just checking in the potential of this day this guy just thought well this is just another day you know I hope some people come by and drop some coins in my cup I hope I get a good collection today but this is a day this is going to be this is this is like you know some people say it's fixing to be a day like no other day I mean, he may not remember the day before and what all went on, and he may not remember a week before, and he may not remember every other day on his calendar, but how many know he's going to remember this day? This day is getting ready to be a red circle day. This day is going to be an awesome day for him, unlike any other day that he will remember the rest of his life. But how many of us, we go through life, and, and we kind of do this. One day, I'll lose weight. Right? One day, I'll lose weight. Uh, one day, I'll get in shape. One day, I'll get out of debt. One day, I, I'm going to complete my degree. You know, one day, uh, I'm going to get that area that's out of control in control. 
You know, maybe, maybe New Year's is coming up. I, I can make a New Year's resolution. You know, one day it'll happen. And I wonder how many of us today should be the day. You know, today should be the day that we decide, that, that we come to, to make that commitment. Because the Bible says that a wise man counts every day and makes every day count. That's what a wise man does. And so what we realize, and James, the brother of Jesus, said this, that life's like a vapor. You know, it's there, and then it's gone. And so there's power in every day, because we realize that tomorrow will be much determined by what we do today. And by the way, you're not going to live forever. Like James said, it's, a, it's a, like a vapor. And so make every day count, uh, the Bible says, because I just checked the stats on deaths again, and they're hovering right around 100%. Okay? Right around 100%. Everybody dies. Okay? Everybody eventually dies. And many people don't expect it to be today. Many people don't know that their life's not going to be as long as they thought it would be. And so the Bible says because of that, here's what you get to do is realize the power of right now. Right here, right now. And I know you thought today was just going to be another day at Crossroads Church, but not for some of you because today is your day. Today is your day to step into a new reality of what God has for your life. And here's the next thing you need to do is see your true identity. You know, like a Superman, Clark Kent kind of thing. You, you need to know your true identity. And here's what's interesting about this story. There's a lot of stories in the Bible where we learn the person's name and, and you know, kind of get a name uh, thrown in there, but on this occasion, we don't know this guy's name. And they tell me, psychologists say, that the most important word to you is your name. You perk up when people call your name. It's like when you go to Starbucks or wherever and, and you order, you know, some macchiato, triple shot, uh, extra hot, uh, foam reduced or, you know, uh, all the fat out, whatever, skinny, whatever, uh, something or other, and you order that thing, and, and they don't, then when, when, what they do is they ask your name, they write it on the cup, because when your drink is ready, they don't say, okay, I got a macchiato, triple shot, uh, extra hot, uh, no foam, uh, whatever, no, they say, Craig, why? Because you want to hear your name. Your name is important to you. You want to hear your name. You want to hear them say your name. Because all of us, our name is important. And, and yet this guy, we don't know if he has any family or not. Because the Bible says his friends brought him there. Every day, his friends would bring him to this spot and leave him there. And, and so we don't know anything about his identity other than his identity, listen to this, was his infirmity. His identity was tied into his infirmity. 
I wonder how many of you here today, you're identified by your infirmity or your limitations. You know, uh, I'm not very smart. Well, why do you say that? Well, my parents told me when I was a kid. Or, you know, I'm not going to be the boss of this place or whatever. You know, I'm limited. Why? Because my first boss told me I'd never achieve much in life. See, so how many of us today, our limitations are our identity? And it becomes then your ID. It becomes like part of you. And and so what happens is your restrictions become your description of what your life is and what it will be. And let let me just clarify this morning. We're all crippled in different ways, right? We're all crippled in different ways. And for many of us, it's not on the outside, it's on the inside where we're crippled. You know, and because of that crippling that happens in our lives, some of us act out of that and we respond to life as a result. So, you know, we say, well, why is she sleeping around so much? It's because something's crippled on the inside. And she's saying, would somebody fix me? Would somebody tell me that I matter? Would someone tell me, maybe if I give this guy more than I gave the last guy, then he'll love me more than the last guy did. Or maybe it's in this next pill that I take. I know we've got politicians talking about, you know, drug problems and whatever in Hendricks County and things like that. So maybe, you know, if I take a stronger dose, maybe if I, if I go for extra, then in that next pill, that next high, then I'll feel good about myself. And we wonder, why is that person doing that? It's because of the crippledness within. Why does that person explode every time that I talk to them about something? Why are they so angry? It's not because of you. It's because of them. It's because something's crippled, something's broken that still needs mending. And I'm telling you, there's not a pill, there's not a bed you can sleep in, there's not anything else that you can do that can fix the brokenness of the inside of your life. You know, people even write songs about it, looking for love in the wrong places, right? Because we're just looking around. We're all born with sin. We're all crippled on the inside. And this man was carried there every day. And there's a point in your life where the brokenness becomes your identity. You know, I mean, after a day and another day and another day and another day and a week and another week and another week and a month and a month and a month and a year and a year and a year until finally you decide, my life is just broken. I'm just going to have to get used to this because this is the new normal. And you think, I'll never be a whole person again. And that's why Peter said, look at us. I don't know where this guy was looking, but chances are 
it was through shame or, or because he's so identified with his crippledness, he's just focused on his crippledness. Because, you know, some of us, we just get so focused on our crippledness. We, people call and say, hey, how you doing? I'm crippled. I'm, you know, I'm hurting. I, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm this. I'm broken. I, I'm still broken. You last time you called, I was broke. I'm still broke. You know, I'm still, I'm still messed up, you know, or whatever. And they start telling about their situation and say, oh, no, sit down. I've got you beat. You know, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a new story. You know, you, you've just not seen all the trouble I've seen. And, and so as a result, Peter says, don't keep looking at your brokenness. Don't keep looking down. Your answer's not down. Your answer is up. And I'm telling somebody here today, God wants to turn your attention around. Some of you need to quit looking down at your brokenness. You've looked at it long enough. How many years, how many weeks, how many days are you going to stay in that condition? Peter says, get your eyes up. God today is saying to somebody, get your eyes a little higher. Get your eyes a little higher. And he says, look at us. Because some of us, you know, we think, oh, if I just, maybe one more hit. Maybe sleeping with this next person. Maybe this next promotion I get at work. Maybe if I buy something bigger, shinier, maybe then I'll feel fulfilled. And it's like we're shaking our can just like this guy. Maybe, maybe if I get the next coin. Maybe if I get a bigger coin in there, then I'll be okay. Then I'll be all right. But instead, God doesn't want to give us something in our cup. He wants to lift us up to a new reality of His power in our lives. And so we're focused on the outside, and God's wanting to do something from the inside out. Now, let me say something about his friends because we think, oh, isn't it awesome that his friends brought him? But I got news for you. There are friends that do not mind you in your brokenness. There are friends that do not mind it when you're more broken than they are because it makes them feel good about themselves. Don't you know these guys felt good about themselves when they carry their friend there every day? And let me tell you something, those of you who are students, you, you got some friends of yours that don't mind it when you're hooked on something. They don't mind it when you're all looped up, when you're all jacked up, when you're all messed up and whatever, because they like you looped up, jacked up, messed up and whatever, because it makes them feel better about themselves because they're all jacked up, messed up and looped up themselves. And so what you need to know is misery loves company. And so if you want to stay miserable, stay around the miserable. But if you're tired, sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you need to get some new friends and maybe need to delete some people out of your friend contact. And I know that sounds harsh and what, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Well, what you need to think is where is my life headed and where do I want it to head? And maybe you need to get some new friends to take you to new places, all right? And adults, hey, same thing applies. You got people in your life that don't mind you broke. And let me tell you who they are. Your broke friends. Right? Your broke friends like you broke. Because then when you get together, you can just say, yeah, broke. Still broke. But when you, when you get around your broke friends and you say, oh, used to be broke. Used to be. 
just paid out. Now I'm free. Oh, gosh, it feels so good. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I just feel so great and whatever. And they're like, whatever. You need to buy something. <laughs> you need to go out and find something to buy. You know, that's what you need to do. Why? Because misery loves company. But God has something better for your life. And healing begins when you recognize that you're crippled. It doesn't matter how you dress it up. You could have worn your best today and look all good on the outside. But on the inside, there's something that needs fixed. It needs remedied. It needs healed. And there's only one person who can do it. And here it is. Look in the right direction. you got to look in the right direction. Peter, the Bible says, look straight at this guy. And he told this guy, hey, you look straight back at me. You know, have you ever had that where you're trying to get somebody's attention? You know, that happened to me. I'll drop my wife off or my wife and daughter off at maybe a restaurant or something like that. And then I'll go park the car. And then I come in. And I'm like, okay, where are they? You know, and they're, you know, you know, doing this, and, oh, and I'm like looking around, you know, and, and, and then finally, oh, there you are, and they're like, good night, we were jumping up and down, waving stuff and whatever, you know, how'd you not see us, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see you, I, I, don't, I just wanted to look stupid, that's what it was, I wanted to come in here and just look dumb, you know, and so nobody, yeah, but here's this guy, he, you know, he doesn't know it. But God has a day for him. And some of you, you came to church today, and maybe you just came because somebody's going to buy you lunch later or whatever. You, they finally wore you down. They kept saying, come to my church, come to my church. It's an awesome church. And finally, yeah, okay, finally, I'll go. And, and you're here today, but I'm telling you, you're not here by chance. You're not here by circumstance. You're not here just because you drove down 100 South one day this week and thought, I need to go to church. I think I'll go to that one. You are here today because God has something for you, for you. And I don't know, I've felt this way before where I think God's trying to get my attention. You know, I thought it was a challenge. I thought, oh my gosh, why am I in this challenge? But it wasn't a challenge for me. It was a challenge that God wanted to bring me into a new awareness of his power. You know, a new awareness of what he wanted to do in my life. And here's the great thing about this guy is it just took a little bit of faith to get it going. I mean, this guy didn't have great faith. He, he thought something was going to land in his cup. That's the only faith he had. And if you came to church this morning and you think, oh, I don't have great faith or whatever, I've got good news for you. This guy got up and walked with just a little bit of faith in a big and mighty God. And that's all it takes from you today. If you just put a little bit of faith in a big and mighty God, something incredible could happen in your life today. You believe that? I believe that God's got something better for you. And God's got something better for you than coins in a jar or winning the lottery or whatever else it is. When you get what God has, when, when God does what he can only do, and that's fix the brokenness of our lives, I believe you'll feel like jumping too. I believe you'll feel like a weight has been lifted that not, my life just started today. That today is a red letter day because of what God's done 
done in my life. When you get what God has, God will turn your world upside down. And some of us know that. So you got to put yourself in position to receive. And I, I got to bring this to a head. Let me just say this once again. Today could be that day. Today could be that. Why not? This guy didn't know when he got up that morning. He, when his friends were bringing him to church, he didn't know it. But that day was going to be different. And today could be that day for you. And I pray that it is in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you want to change our lives from the inside out. That, that if we'll just walk toward healing, if we'll just take a move, if we'll just begin to look in the right direction, if we'll quit, quit looking at our brokenness and, and our crippledness, and we begin to get our eyes on you and what you could do and the possibilities that could be there. God, your, your Bible, the, the Word of God is full of people who, who had all kinds of mistakes and all kinds of bad choices, but one day their life changed. And one day it all turned around. And God, I believe that today could be that day for some of us. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I've made mistakes and I've got brokenness in my life. And I don't want my brokenness to lead me to, to my future. I want to lay my brokenness down today. I want to lay the pain of my past. That divorce that was so awful. That, that job that made me hate people. That, that caused me to feel animosity. I don't want to feel that anymore. I want to let go of the hatred. I want to let go of all the past. I want to let go of the pain. I don't want anything holding me back. I want to live my life to the full the way God intended. How many will raise your hand toward God and say, yes, I want that in my life today. Yes, hands all over this room. Father in heaven, I pray for every person here because God, I don't know what's all in there. I don't know what all might be in their life. I, I don't know what might be stored up. I, I don't know what things they haven't dealt with yet. But I believe today can be that day. I believe today can be the turnaround. And so, God, today we lay it down. Today we lay it down. Today we decide, we, we make a decision to look to you and to put our hope in you and to put our future in you. And we thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. We thank you for new beginnings. Maybe you're here this morning, others of you, and you'd say, Craig, I've made some poor choices and poor decisions, and, and, and I've had other people's poor decisions affect my life and mess me up. And, and, and there's just a feeling like, I, I don't know, if I can even turn over a new leaf or whatever it is. And, and maybe there's a voice inside your head that's even saying, you know, not today. Not today, maybe New Year's, or maybe Easter, or, or maybe some other day you can commit to God. Maybe some other day you, you can decide to do that. But my friend, let me tell you, today can be that day for you. Why wait any longer? Why wait anymore when God has something for you right here, right now. When your life can start fresh and new this morning, there's no need to wait. You don't need to wait any longer. Right here, right now, you can have a new beginning 
in Christ. And if you'd like to have that new beginning here this morning, will you just raise your hand and say, yes, I need a new beginning right now. Yes, I see those hands, several hands raised all around the room in different sections over here. God bless you guys, several in this section, one in this section. All right, several around the room. So let's pray this prayer all together. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross and pay the price for my mistakes and all my sin. And I know I've sinned, but today I want to start over. So I want you to wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day on, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody, and give God praise.